It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of the Steelers Afternoon Drive. For the first time since last Wednesday, that intro is correct. Myself and Alan Saunders back together finally. Alan is with Chris on Thursday, then me and Nick on Friday. But Alan, we're finally back together. What's going on? We back. We back. Nothing's going on. It's a weird day. This whole like Monday when the Steelers played Thursday is mm-hmm. weird. It's weird. Nothing to do. Open locker room, but nothing to talk about. Yeah, well, get used to it because they got another Thursday night game next month. So I guess you expect the same thing on that following Monday. Probably, they play the Patriots probably. December 7th. So Probably. There's a lot going on, though. Like, I think, you know, one thing we can talk about here is that, you know, what we learned on Sunday, AFC North. Yeah. Two total Looking losses in solid. a month. Looking pretty solid. Lost two games, 12 and two in the last four weeks. Three of the four weeks have been undefeated. Uh, All four teams in playoff position. Is this just like a fluke of the schedule? Or like when you look at the AFC, do you think like, nah, those those teams all belong? Uh, Both. I I think like the schedule aspect comes into play just because like the Steelers haven't seen Cincinnati yet. Um, You know, like, so by the end of the season, it's really not going to be possible just because the division is going to play each other more. You're going to see more losses for all four to actually be there. You would think like things would have to go crazy in order for them to all four actually be in playoff position. So that's why I say like the schedule flukiness is really where that comes into play. But also, if you look around the AFC, some teams that I expected to be better just aren't like the Bills. I mean, you know, that offense is really struggling. They lost so many pieces on defense. I'm not impressed with the Chargers like like some teams that I expected to be in playoff positions and thought they were kind of maybe not like the upper echelon teams, but at least like playoff wild card teams just aren't you know i think it just really emphasizes the the parody in the nfl and that like yeah. like look if there's a team in that group that is a fluke that is at, at in playoff position right now it's the pittsburgh steelers i mean like we can look at the you know the yard data and the and the and the uh, you know, the fact that they've gotten destroyed in two of their losses, you know, and, and, and the point differential and, you know, they've been outgained in every single game. Yeah, they probably shouldn't be five and three, but they can win against like, how many games are there out there where you could just look at the Steelers and just write them off and be like, nah, they can't beat that team. Like, do I, would I feel good about them playing Kansas City or Miami? No, I wouldn't. Everybody else, I don't know, line them up. Like, I, I think. Man, I think the fan base is weirdly way negative about the way the season has started. I think it's gone pretty much according to script for what appears to be like where this team should have been. They missed the playoffs last year and a new quarterback, you know, a lot of newness on the team. It's still a young offense. They seem like they're poised to get back to the playoffs this year. Maybe they win a game. Maybe they don't. It probably depends on the matchup and the draw and that kind of thing, but like that, those are the that that's the step forward, right? Like you miss the playoffs, you make mm-hmm. the playoffs, then you win some games. That's the growth of it. I don't know. It just feels to me like this is about where we should have expected this team to be, and everybody hates it. 
Right. I mean, you know, the one the one loss that I think everybody would be really down about is if you look at the schedule was the loss to the Texans where they just get absolutely blown out in Houston. I don't think anybody really saw that one coming. But man, I mean, you know, since then, what CJ Stroud has been able to do, you look at what he just did on Sunday, uh, coming 46 seconds goes the length of the football field game winning drive after it looked like Baker Mayfield had just had a game winning drive. So obviously, you know, losing by 30 points in Houston, but that's a better team or at least a better they have their franchise guy than i think a lot of people came into the season thinking so while the score might not be there it's not as bad of a loss as it looked like and their strength of victory is as good as anybody in the nfl and best of the division yeah and like i mean so what cj stroud is doing is unprecedented like like even for a number two pick although he should have been the number one pick and the panthers screwed it up um but like i i think you know he's been incredible uh, that's a good mm-hmm. offense uh, p- pulled from the most successful scheme in the NFL right now. And, and they're having a, a good time of it overall. Yeah. There's some comparisons between Stroud and Pickett that I'm like, come on guys. Like, what are we doing here? One was at the end of the first round and one is like a super, I could, you know, maybe not generational type talent, but you know, certainly looks like a superstar player and did in college. That's not who Kenny Pickett is. That's not who Kenny Pickett's going to be. You don't draft a player with that kind of ability usually when you're talking about drafting at number 20. That's not what the Steelers signed up for. Um, and so I don't know, man. I don't I don't understand the level of negativity with the fan base right now. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I was just say too, like not only did nobody in the league like love him enough, if the Steelers really loved Kenny Pickett, not to say they didn't like him, but if they loved him, they wouldn't have been sticking at 20. You would have been trading up to get their guy. That's at least how I view it. Yeah, I mean, I I think he like I expected him to be off the board when the Steelers drafted. So I think I. they were they were somewhat fortunate that he fell to them. I don't I know they didn't expect him to be there when mm-hmm. they drafted. Otherwise, they wouldn't have spent so much time scouting all the rest of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Um so I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's not like he's a bad like this is what in fact I wrote this offseason. I looked at his rookie numbers. And I looked at year one to year two improvements for uh, quarterbacks. Who? How do you get better from year one to year two? What are the, you know, h- how does it play out? And I wrote a story over the summer and I made some, I just sort of bolted on those. That av- what is the average improvement for a quarterback from year one to year two? And what does that look like if you get to year two, you know, starting from Kenny Pickett's year one numbers? And I came up with like uh, 3,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, and six interceptions. And the whole universe uh, hated me for that column and said I was unduly negative for Kenny Pickett and that there's no way that he was going to have those kind of numbers. And that adds up to about an 82 passer rating. Kenny Pickett right now is an 81.6 passer rating. He's on pace for 3,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. I mean, this is about Wait, hold on, wait, hold on. 13 and nine 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions yes does chris carter know this uh we can tag him uh, <laughs> in, in the post here look like this should have been about where we like expect and that's not it's not good enough like i'm not saying people should be excited about that it just mm-hmm. is a reasonable expectation for where he is the talent around him and that's the other thing man like we'll get into the George Pickens stuff here later, but like, this is just not an overwhelmingly talented offense. It's not, there's like 
two good players. Like, yeah, that, that, like they're, yeah. they're not like that. They're, they're just not that good. Like the offensive line isn't very good. Najee Harris is just okay. Looks pretty clear that he was overdrafted at this point. Like he's not yeah. bad, but he's not a star. Okay. Like Deontay Johnson is really good at getting open and George Pickens is really good at catching the ball, but neither of them are like perfect overall well-rounded number one receivers. Like neither of them are Justin Jefferson or, or Stefan Diggs or, you know, Tyreek Hill. Like they're good players, but they're not great players. Pat Fryermuth hasn't been healthy. Even when he was healthy, they couldn't find him. I don't know. Like I, I look at people online, like considering all the talent they have, I'm like, what, where is it? Where, where is all that? This not, it's okay. It's okay. Talent. There's no, it's, it's not an overwhelmingly talented team. It's young. Uh, even where it is talented, it's inexperienced. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not surprised. Like there's things that I am surprised by. I felt like I'm a little bit surprised at how inaccurate Kenny has been at times this year. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about I feel that like, opener. Like not on like, a consistent basis, but yeah. I feel like I, I saw it pop up again on Thursday. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it was the ribs like, cause he was yeah. coming off that injury. I don't know if he was wearing any additional padding or anything like that, but like, that's been a little surprising to me, but a young quarterback taking, time to figure out how to read defenses and adjust to like what CJ Stroud is doing is unusual. What, what Kenny Pickett is doing is usual. Like that, that's like, go look at Trevor Lawrence's first year. Go look at Tua's first year. Go look at, you know, like a hundred guys, Josh Allen's first year. You know, like most of the time, even players are trying to be really good, take time to adjust to the level. I'm not surprised by any of it. I'm not, necessarily like has your feelings about who Kenny Pickett is who he can be who he can become has it changed over the course of the season probably a little bit but I I I feel like I was kind of a prisoner of the moment like I I you know as somebody that preaches about not reading into the preseason and stuff like that and even taking into consideration that like you it's not like I felt like oh my god they have an abundance of weapons here on this offense that you can't fail with taking that, that into consideration and who his offensive coordinator was. Um, I definitely did think that he was going to be, you know, further along than where we are right now. And I wonder if maybe that is part of the reason that those other names that you threw out there that were guys that were drafted higher, you know, in, in Tua in Lawrence, Josh Allen, it, it, but like hurts. This, we, Hertz. Well, Hertz was drafted after, so that wouldn't necessarily go to my but point. But again, but, it was another guy like struggled his first year. Yeah. Like, yeah and, and now yeah. look at him. Yeah. But I guess what I was going to say is I wonder if the conversation about where those guys are, you know, floor, their baseline level as a prospect, what their floor is, as opposed to what their ceiling is and you know what they can be, is a reason why there was willing to be more patience before writing the guy off. Whereas like with Kenny, it's like, okay, this guy stinks at this point already. Like that's yeah, what the conversation is in Pittsburgh now. Like we've a lot of people that I've seen that were directing every single ounce of hatred possible to Matt Canada. I feel like the conversation has started to shift more towards the quarterback than the offensive coordinator. Well, I think that's part of the Steelers' problem, right? Is that we really don't know like yeah. who is holding the other back. We're not gonna know until one of them goes. Like that's that's really the, the you know mm-hmm. part of the fundamental problem when you have a coach that's never had success at the level. When you put give him a young player and it doesn't work, well, whose fault is it? Is it 
is it the, the the plays aren't very good? Well, I don't think it's that because I see plays on the tape to be made. Is it Kenny just stinks and can't figure out how to do it? Is it that the coach is so bad at coaching and teaching they can't get a guy to understand like the proper way to do it? I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, is is it that you know just they can't work together? Maybe either of them would be okay, but they need different people. Like, there's lots of possibilities, but. I think it's going to be hard to figure it out until you see one of them without the, you know, especially considering we've already seen Canada with Roethlisberger and that wasn't great. And I know Ben at the end of his career wasn't very good, but it's not like this is some offense that we feel like, Oh my God, like Kenny Pickett should, should be doing so much better than this. Like we got plenty of evidence that Kenny Pickett should not be doing so much better than this, that this is about what they've got. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused, I guess, by the vitriol. Uh, of things at the moment I, I feel like it the entire I mean it's not like it's a long tenure but the 20 starts that we've seen from Kenny Pickett has just caused confusion in general because once again you look at the first three quarters as opposed to the fourth quarter it happened again on Thursday Alan where he leaves yeah. a game-winning drive right. looks really good in the fourth quarter especially on the touchdown drive uh, to Deontay Johnson which by the way shout out to Deontay Johnson finding the end zone um but it just it, it it once again brings up the conversation like that's not nothing like you can't be quote unquote a bad quarterback and be able to do those things late in games. But the lows are so low and you're just not getting enough before that point to fully buy in. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it. I, the inaccuracy to me is very like especially the short passes, you know, skips one into Allen Robinson in the end zone, misses George Pickens on a crosser. You know, those are the ones where that's not the Kenny Pickett that I've been covering for six mm-hmm. years, you know, seven years. That that's, that's, that's uncharacteristic. Now, maybe like a max effort deep ball, like the one to Calvin Austin coming up a little bit short. I think that's the one area where you could kind of see those kind of struggles coming from his play long-term where maybe just like doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. And when he does have to throw it like as hard as he can, sometimes the accuracy just isn't quite there compared to some other guys. But like, how often does that come up in a game? Not, not very, you know, I, I, the other stuff to me was more surprising. I don't know, man, I'm, I'm feeling about like, I, I expect. So what I said for those expectations, he's like a little bit short of that in terms of yardage, maybe a little bit ahead in terms of touchdowns. I, I don't know. I think that's about where he's going to be. And if he ends up with like an 80, 80 to 85 passer rating this year after being what, like 76 last year, wins a whole bunch of games in the fourth quarter. Like I, I'm, I'm rolling with that for next year. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's, yeah. you know, with a team. And again, I think we've put too, I, I think there's too much made out of his play. Like this is a team that was built to be able to run the ball and it hasn't. And I think that's so much of a bigger problem then it's, you know, when you draft a quarterback in the first round and the, with the 20th pick, like you're not expecting him to be great. The expectation is just be good enough and we'll put a lot of good players around you. And, you know, I think they failed to do that on offense in general. I don't think they have enough good players around him. But where they have focused their efforts, a first-round pick on Najee Harris, first-round pick on a tight end, a first-round pick on a tackle, a third-round pick on a tight end. Like a lot of the talent, is built to running the football and they're just not running it very well. And I think that's the biggest problem with the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, outside of drafting, you know, the amount of money that they've put into the offensive line too. you know, two yeah. relatively high price guards, 
Um, Chooks makes 13. Obviously, you know, they will yeah. see if that switches continues on going to Broderick. But, you know, they, they've paid guys on the offensive line, too, to try to help out in that area. And it's just it hasn't gotten them to anywhere close to where you would expect them to be with the resources they poured into it. Yeah, I think that's, to me, far more concerning than than Kenny Pickett's development, who I think, look, he's he's obviously better than he was last year. He's continuing to get better. We're seeing, you know, I think a greater command of the offense. He's just a young quarterback, and most of them struggle. Like, this is not unusual. Yeah, I, I think, too, like, again, it's a conversation we're having, but you kind of snuck that point in there, and I think it's worth, too, like, when would the organization even look at potentially moving on like because they're going to give him a shot with another offensive coordinator you would think next year if they move on from matt canada and then it's like i, I brought this up to somebody else too but then like there, there could always be a potential crutch not saying that they would use it but then would it be oh it was his first year with a new offensive coordinator now he just needs to get more comfortable with this guy like wh when would you even see the possibility of them moving on from kenny it's not going to be this year I, I don't know if it would even be next year I would say next year, if there's okay. not growth from this year, then yeah. Like, as long as you can, like, that's the thing is, you know, like, if he's continuing to grow and continue to get better, even if it's not where you'd want him to be or where you think he could be, then I don't think there's any reason to move on from him, especially for a team that is not going to be in position to do better. Like, they are going to draft 15th to 30th again every year. Like, so. It's not like they, you know, like talking about CJ Stroud, like he's like, like, a, like, okay, well, the Steelers are never going to draft that guy because he's not available where they draft and they're not going to be that bad unless some mystical combination of bad stuff happens. And honestly, if they couldn't lose in 2019 with that combination of bad stuff, it's just not coming. Like, they're like, I, I don't know. Like, this defense is too good for this team to be bad. They've got to figure out a way to get the offense better, but it can't be the answer can't be just get a second round draft pick. Unless you just want to give away, you start trading away players because the players on the defense are too good for them to be that bad. Yeah. And uh, the point about the offensive talent is what I want to come to next, because uh, there's been a lot of conversation this weekend with George Pickens, and it didn't have to do with football. But I wanted to talk about this from a football perspective. Uh, really hasn't been a factor in the box store. Obviously, he scored the touchdown against Jacksonville, but not a lot of touches. Two catches for negative one yard here uh, in this last game against Tennessee on Thursday night. Just hasn't been necessarily a huge factor in the, the box store. They've made it a point, you know, to talk about, like, even when he's not getting the ball, he's obviously, the attention that he's taking away is valuable and stuff like that. But, Alan, like, how big of a deal is this for this passing game when, okay, if they negate him and it's really just Deontay Johnson, you'd think at some point, whether it's Calvin Austin, Alan Robinson, somebody else in this passing game has to step up. I mean, you think, but I just don't know if they're capable. Like, I don't know that there is a player that is going to make a defense. Maybe it's Calvin Austin if you can get him free a little bit, but I'm just not sure there's a player that's going to make a defense feel bad about taking away George Pickens. Like, I think that yeah. they're going to say, all right, we're going to take away George and we're going to make the rest of you beat us. And until the Steelers are able to do that consistently, like, I, I just don't think there's enough talent around George on the offense to just say, okay, we're going to fine. They're going to use two players to take away George, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson, and the rest of these guys are going to cook. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. They're going to get 20 points a game. Like I just, I don't know. There's not enough there to scare teams into, 
not double teaming George. I do think that Kenny needs to find it in Canada too, needs to find a way to get him the ball some, even though you know there's additional attention over there. Uh, we've seen some of that, right? I mean, they go to a condensed set against Jacksonville, run him on the corner, Kenny misses him, right? Uh, we, we go to the end zone uh, against Tennessee, George can't get the foot down. Uh, there was another one. Uh, it was against Jacksonville. I think it was a go route down the sideline. Uh, they finally get one on one. Kenny throws the ball out of bounds. Like there's, or maybe that was the Rams game. That, but there's been these miss, these miss. They're not going to get that many opportunities. They're not that good of an offense. They don't have the ball enough. Like it's not going to be 13 targets a game for George Pickens. You know, it's just not. It's going to be between five and ten. Can they convert on a higher percentage of those? That's that's going to be the question about. We talked about the one missing. He's on a crosser, wide open, probably a 20 mm-hmm. yard gain. If he hits him in stride, can he sails it over his head? Like, none of that has anything to do with George Pickens. That's just, you know, Kenny and the offense not coming together the way it it it, it can. Right. Yeah. Some of it's steam, some of it's execution. But to your point, like, I just don't know if they have the horses right now behind him. I mean, you know, maybe if they if this offense realizes when he comes back that Pat Fryermuth exists, whenever that might be, he could be something that could take some attention away. But yeah, they're gonna have to find a way because that attention isn't changing unless you have somebody else that makes it that way. But we've talked about it before. Like <laughs> Jalen Warren's probably like the number three passing option right now in this offense, and not take he's an awesome player. I mean, this isn't to take away from him, but it's just like should that be the case? It's not ideal. Right, yeah. like it's 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 not what you want. So yeah, I mean, that, and again, he's only playing half the time. So fifty percent of the time, he's not even on the field. And mm-hmm. so, you know that. I just don't now should that change? I mean, we've had conversations about like, that. Well, like, I've said it on here a number of times that I think they need to play more two running back sets and get them both on the field together. I, I think he's he's so good as a passing option. This is funny. Oh man. We gotta have this conversation. How much time we have? Twenty-two minutes. So we're in the press box Thursday night talking with Nick Faribaugh. And uh we're talking I don't remember. Oh, we was talking about something about high school offenses and and you know, talking about the, the option or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. My high school ran the ran run and shoot. Like it was not a uh like there was there wasn't we it was not this like sort of stereotypical um and Nick was like, Why would you run the run and shoot? And I was like, Well, it was a small you know, went to Penn Trafford. It wasn't like we didn't have big kids. It was all little guys. They spread, they spread them out. And Nick goes, why did you just run the air raid? And I'm like, Nick, cause the air raid didn't exist yet. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know I'm going to be 40 this year, but you didn't really have to do it. Like stab it into me like that. But no, Nick, the air raid did not exist when I was in high school. That's why we didn't run it. But then I got into talking. I'm like, Jalen Warren, as a run and shoot would have been an outstanding run and shoot slot back. Like, I mean, really, really good. If you remember, if you're, if you're of my age or maybe slightly older and you remember some of those Oilers teams and you remember Alan Pinkett like that, like Jalen Warren could have done that job like that. He'd he'd have been really good at that. Put him out there in motion, let him run routes, let him run jets. Like I, I think that could really work. I think that would be a way to get more out of the talent they have than they are right now. I, I don't want to, you know, pile on here and age you even more, 
but the air raid offense. So we, we started to see that at the college level with like the late nineties or mid to late nineties. Right. I mean, I guess it was around, but it wasn't really a thing, I guess, yeah. until like, yeah, the very late nineties, um, how mummy and Mike Leach were together at Kentucky. I was just saying Mike Leach is the name that I think of when I think of how mummy is the guy who really innovated it. Okay. But, um, how mummy and Mike Leach were together at Kentucky and then Leach went to Oklahoma and then on to, as a OC and then on to Texas tech as head coach. And he kind of took it with him from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, late nineties, I was in high school from 98 to 02. So it was just starting to become a thing. Certainly was not um, widely available uh, as it is now. So, yeah. 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 Um, this kind of ties in. I wanted to bring up something from uh, from John from YouTube here uh, about Allen Robinson and about George Pickens. And this is more because of the off the, the field stuff, but I wanted to bring it up. Uh, he said this exact thing with JP is why I was so on board with bringing in Allen Robinson, even if he wasn't going to contribute a lot on the football field. I feel like his type of presence was needed in this wide receiver room. Thoughts? Yeah, I think it's and look, I I don't know that we've talked about this here but I'm not really that concerned about George Pickens. Um, and, I, you know, he's frustrated about not getting the ball. And I want my receivers that aren't getting the ball frustrated about it. Like, that's a – I don't have a problem with that emotion. Um, I think he should find a more productive way to express it. I talked on the final mm-hmm. word the other night. Um, like, I – people want to criticize George Pickens for expressing his frustration and, and the ways that he did. And then everyone wants to like be mad at people that are critical of Caleb and Caleb Williams for crying uh, after his team loses. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's a, it's this different emotion and we're talking about different stuff, but like emotional maturity and the ability to navigate the emotions, the highs and lows of a season is important within a team concept, like mm-hmm. however you express your emotions as an individual is only ever a problem. If it impacts the team concept, right? Like, and I just don't have not seen, I mean, look, George is kind of a weird dude. Anyway, we've talked about him on here. Like he's an alien yeah. and he mm-hmm. is like, I don't think there's any Steelers player out there that is feeling some type of way about what George Pickens put on Instagram or that is, that is, that is uh, being negatively impacted by George Pickens sitting on the bench with his arms crossed, giving off some serious bad vibes. Like it just doesn't matter to, it's not hurting anyone. It's just the way he's expressing his emotion. I think it could be better, but I don't think it's a team problem either. Yeah, I I think that the thing is within this fan base is just because of and, and this isn't me calling the situation anywhere close, but I think that there's like a lot of PTSD with how Antonio Brown played out and just thinking like this is one thing that's going to snowball into a lot of other things. And that's why a lot of people feel the way they do. It could. I'm not going to sit here and say that it won't, uh, but I don't think that one necessarily leads to the other. Right. Either. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I, I and I don't feel that way. I'm just saying yeah. I feel like that is probably yeah. where a lot of people's opinions come from with the matter. Yeah, and in terms of Allen Robinson, I think he's a good vet. Uh, I think he'd probably be better cast as a number four than a number three at this point mm-hmm. in his career. Um, I think the Steelers are underutilizing him in terms of 
just Kenny Pickett's ability to find him and hit him. Like, I, it just seems like, you know, it's funny because like we started out saying like, why does Kenan never throw the ball to the middle of the field? And then I spent like 18 months saying like, there's throws in the middle of the field that Kenny's not making that are there to be made. And now everyone's like, Kenny sucks. <laughs> like, like just calm down. Like he, like, yeah, but they're there. Like, most of the reason they weren't getting the ball to fire moves, why they haven't found Connor Hayward. How, by the way, the throw that Pickett bounces to Allen Robinson in the end zone, yeah. Connor Hayward mm-hmm. jumping jacks in the end zone. <laughs> um, yeah, but like it's more about the quarterback than anything, and that doesn't mean that he stinks, it just means that he's a young, still developing, still learning quarterback who is struggling to get better at the NFL level while dealing with a team around him that is not running the ball the way it was designed to and is not that good overall. I, I feel like I know the answer to this, um, but you because you're saying about Allen Robinson being better as a number four, obviously it would be a great benefit if we could have seen Calvin Austin take a leap this year, but he missed his entire rookie year, so it's kind of his rookie year too. We talked about the expectations meeting what reality has been for Kenny Pickett halfway through the season. Did you expect more from Calvin Austin this year, or has he been about what you thought he would be as a guy that was a fourth-round pick that didn't play his rookie year? He's about what I thought he would be. Um, and a guy that could get a couple big plays for you, but is not going to be a consistent contributor. I don't think that's necessarily you know a negative in terms of his future. I thought the hype train got way out of control with him as a player. I didn't really understand why. Undersized guys that get hurt, uh is not usually a good blueprint um i mm-hmm. i love his toughness i love him. like he's a i just love him as a football player um but i think you know i just he's a guy that is not gonna have and and, and at his size he needs to have seriously refined skills to be a difference maker on every play if you can scheme it so that you can get him into some spots that's great but in terms of like just line him up against somebody on the other team and have him beat them, he's going to need seriously refined skills to win regularly in the NFL at his size. That is what makes Tyreek Hill a freak. Okay. That's why he's different. And there are other people that you can say that about uh, over the years that have just uh, for whatever reason, been able to eclipse the usual size guidelines for their position i just don't think he's there yet doesn't mean that he can't get there but he's Mm -hmm. not a player that is so overwhelmingly technical that he's able to down in and down out make up for his lack of size yet that doesn't mean he can't it's just process i think that's the biggest thing there's no patience like this is a growing developing team they're not supposed to be good yet they're not supposed to be good yet I think yeah. that's the big thing is like, where was this team picked to finish? Almost everyone thought this was a nine or 10 win team. Like that's what they're supposed to be. They'll make the playoffs. Oh, by the way, I love their chances of making the playoffs. Like they're in, like, go find that playoff bet and take it. Like they're in, they have <laughs> Arizona at home, New England at home. They got if the, green Bay, they got to win one of these division games and they're in. That's it. Colts like, on the road. Colts but... on. Yeah. Yeah, I got them. It was plus money when I got it. I got them at uh, over eight and a half wins when it was plus money, which is pretty crazy to me. But yeah, um, yeah, 
As far as Calvin Austin, I wanted to say I think the reason that one maybe got off the rails a little bit is while everybody obviously hates Matt Canada within the fan base, people like see all the motion, assume that he uses a bunch of jet sweeps, and they're like, oh, we actually have at least one guy that like these design touches make sense for in Calvin Austin, so he's probably going to get the ball a ton. Yeah, That obviously hasn't come to fruition. Yeah, it hasn't, and uh, no, no, nor do I think it, it really should have, although Kenny should have hit him on that pass last week because that would have been a touchdown and there's been too many of those um but you know hey yeah. if they can just get a long touchdown out of him every like third or fourth game i think maybe draw a, a dpi here and there yeah yeah he did draw well he got gifted a DPI. jacksonville was that jacksonville yeah. game yeah. yeah it was a bad call but take, take <laughs> there's a lot of bad come. calls in that there's game. a lot of bad uh, calls in that game take them as they come one of many uh alan tell the people they can find you at Ace Unders underscore PGH on Twitter, PGH Steelers Now, sites account SteelersNow.com. Use promo code Allen10. Derek has a long story about George Pickens and his lack of production. Um, some of the things that we just talked about, but Perfect. some more in depth yeah. stuff with some film. You need to be a Steelers Now Plus member. Use promo code Allen10 to get that and all the best stuff from me, Derek, and Nick. That's it. There we go. Uh, I am Zachary Smith, PGH. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment down below as well. And if you are listening somewhere that is not YouTube, be sure to leave us a five-star review over there. For Alan Saunders, for myself, thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. (laughs) 